Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it is party time here at Star Style. Be the star you are. Hello, Power Partners. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we're coming to you live on the Voice American Network, and we are on the Empowerment Channel because, of course, our goal is always to encourage and inspire and help you have a more meaningful life. The miracle moment for today is brought to us by the universe. One of the most comforting (laughs) thoughts of all is knowing that all roads lead home. And even more comforting is knowing that no matter what, all of us are back home. So I like that. I like the idea of home. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. It's just funny. It's like it's brought to you by the universe. The universe. Well, you know, it's (laughs) like we've never left home, right? So from all of us back home here on the universe, (laughs) just know that it's comforting to be home. Well, today's show, we're going to be talking about several things. And I'm going to start from our third segment, which is something near and dear to me, and I'm going to be discussing it in full. And it's exactly what does cage-free mean when you are talking about chickens and buying your fresh Mm. organic eggs, etc. As a California chicken lady here, uh, it always bothers me when people think they're getting organic or they're getting this range-free, and nobody really knows what it means. So I think I'm really surprised by what advertisements mean when they say they're cage-free or they're even range-free. It's not what you think. Those chickens are not out there scratching and eating worms like mine are. So I'm going to tell you all of this so you'll be better informed. And then in our second segment, it's about distracted driving. It's not just the text messages and social media notifications and the GPS that talks to us, but there's it's uh, not other things. just all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's more, but there's more danger in the car than you know. And so we're going to talk about some of the car dangers and what we need to look out for because obviously safety on the road is a prime concern unless we're going to be driving those cars that actually drive themselves. And I'm not so sure how safe, I guess uh, they're safe as long as they don't get hacked by somebody who wants to drive you over a cliff, right? 
Oh my God! I didn't even think about that with smart cars. Now I didn't. I thought more of how crazy with the, you know, those Google cars. What with they? Yes. Testing well, out. Know, I never even thought about someone hacking into the system. Oh God! Well, no, that's Another the thing. thing to worry about. <laughs> Some of you might remember that a few months back we had a Dr. Steve Omohundro on our show, who he, he's actually um, a, a specialist, and he works with all the. You know, uh, you know Al Gore and and um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the, uh, Stephen Hawkins on yeah. um, on advanced uh, intelligence and artificial intelligence, and it's actually called super artificial intelligence, which is more intelligent than in, than artificial intelligence. Because and um, these uh, cars, I know there's <laughs> such a thing, and these cars are like that. But the problem. That, that he's finding with these cars is just what we're saying, is that although they can be programmed to do all of this stuff, they don't have a heart, right? And so what happens when they come between driving you over a cliff and you dying or running into a school bus and having the school bus blow up? So it's like they're not sure how these smart cars can make smart decisions. Oh my God, it's the and- new generation of how. It's a new generation, exactly, of how. <laughs> and then on top of that, with, the, with all of these things, with artificial intelligence, is, um, is the fact that there's hackers out there because they are computer-based, so they can be hacked. And so that's the, that's the scary thing. So there's a lot of things to think about. But oh, before okay. we go Damn into that, so Heather, we're going to get into our health matters and our tea for two, because I think this is a really incredible topic that we're going to be talking about today that you're going to bring us. And it's about supplemental risks. I mean, so many people are taking herbal supplements and people do want to be healthier. And, and the thing about it is, is that they're not governed by any body. So we have to be aware of the benefits and the risk associated, especially with combining supplements with medications. So our calcium, echinacea, ginkgo, bilboa, turmeric, lavender, alfalfa, garlic, are they all good for us? Well, we think they are. But Heather, I think you have some more ideas. So Let's talk yeah, about that. and I will say I am one of the billions of people out there that I take supplements every day, and I feel very, I always think I'm being very healthy about that, and I, I think, you know, we, there, we're exposed to so much information every day, um, as that we bring you every week as well, but about about taking supplements, especially nowadays, you know, we're not getting proper nutrients, or we're not, you know, we're not getting these things, things that's why nutrients have been added to foods, and we've actually talked about before how sometimes that's not even a good thing. But something that can be misleading is a lot of times, you know, and, and also first is herbal supplements can be and, and are good. It's all just about what exactly and what you're taking and what else you're taking. And herbal supplements have been around forever. They date back thousands of years. I mean, that's how the first forms of uh, penicillin and morphine first became exposed was, um, was through herbal supplements. They are um, an extract from something that is naturally found in nature. Um, though now we've, you know, kind of chemicalized those. But anyway, a lot of times people take, you know, for inflammation and they're, we're thinking, oh, I'm being healthier. Or, for example, a urinary tract infection. A lot of times uh, people will take uh, cranberry uh, supplements. And what's something to to consider is, 
Not that having an FDA uh, regulation means, you know, that something is 100% safe because we see all those FDA-regulated drugs that have all the, that teeny-tiny writing at the bottom of the commercial and the person says really fast all the, the potential side effects. Right, um, which are usually so, worse than the problem that they start Yeah, with. that's... You know, I don't mean to laugh about those things, but it's and death. you're exactly right. The the side effects sometimes sound a lot worse what the original uh, issue was. So it's like you won't have a headache, but now you'll have nonstop diarrhea. So, you know, you got to have to weigh that out. But um, one thing about supplements is that herbal supplements are not uh, regulated by the FDA. And what consumers need to understand that is that doesn't mean that um, label things that are labeled you know natural are always safe. And it's best actually to always check with your pharmacist or your doctor, excuse me, about certain uh, drug interactions uh, uh, with uh, your herbal supplements with uh, medications that you may take in your regular life. Um, it may be heart medicine or birth control. And I'll get into a minute about uh, certain what particular supplements. So just in case if you're taking these, what they can interact with. Um, but yeah, and it's are, very yeah. important information because, you know, I think the the real thing that happens with supplements is we think because they're natural or they're, you know, they're uh, plant-based um, that they can't interact with other things. We think that they're healthy, but that's not always the case. Yeah, and something um, the FDA can do, even though they don't regulate it, um, they can seize and remove from the market any tainted, contaminated, or unsafe uh, dietary supplements when they're aware of the problem. Um, but a lot of times, people don't know. Uh, people don't know that there are these interactions, or they think maybe they're doubling up on something. That oh, this is going to help with uh, this. You know, I'm taking a pain medicine for uh, inflammation, and I'm also taking. Uh, I'm going to take this natural product that's supposed to help with inflammation. And sometimes what can happen with that, with mixing the natural, is it can actually amplify the effect or it can make um, your prescription medicine less effective. And, um, and again, a lot, of, a lot of medications started out as an herbal supplement. Just as I said, penicillin, these things have traces back to natural roots. Um, but nowadays they've been more regulated. And so certain things again, that can affect you, I mentioned me getting cranberry juice, or excuse me, cranberry. So cranberries are a fruit that's full of vitamin C, and we know vitamin C is an essential part of us for our immune system. They always say, you know, you get some, have some orange juice or have a cold, have some vitamin C. Um, and some people drink, especially women, cranberry juice uh, to help prevent urinary tract infections. That's been a, a long thing that, that uh, cranberry that actually, you know, it's really good uh, within the bladder and it can help, you know, remove some of these bad bacteria. And um, although, you know, a lot of data says that uh, cranberry is good and I'm I'm a definitely a person that for it and I will say when I've had, um, you know, kind of... Uh, uncomfortable things that I've taken uh, cranberry supplements because sometimes, you know, I, I don't want to have a lot of juice or sometimes the, the fruit juices they sell, those cocktail ones that aren't really real juice or the real ones are really tart, so you have to kind of water it down. Um, so right, being the cranberry aware, so anyway, uh, drinks that you shouldn't be having, they're not going to help you. Yeah, so with um, these cranberry extracts, and what you have to remember, too, is when things are put into these powder forms, it's a lot more, it's a heavier, in, intense amount. That's why sometimes it will say a whole glass of orange juice in one little capsule or something. So it, it's a really condensed 
form of it. Um, and what can happen is these cranberry extracts can actually increase the effect of blood thinners. Um, and there's a, a blood thinner on the line called uh, War, I'm going to probably, warfin, warfin, warfin. Um, and this can uh, actually cause people to lead to bruising and bleeding. That's what happens when the blood, um, when your blood thins out. Um, so you may actually, you know, talk with your doctors before because a lot of times what people with, uh, you share with your doctor oftentimes information regarding uh, any other drugs that you may be taking, any other medications. Because doctors want to make sure, okay, if I give you this, I don't want to give you this other thing that could raise your heart rate. But a lot of times we don't think about supplements. People don't really say, oh, I might take, I take some supplements. They might say that. I, may, I take something. Um, and doctors really don't pry into it. And there needs to be more of this move so that people do know that because there could be consequences. Just as we, we talked, uh, I think it was just last week or in a previous episode, talking about expired medications, how a lot of them, are, it isn't that they're going to be harmful to you and make you sick, it's that they're not going to be effective. And that's just that goes for with taking supplements sometimes. And I'm not saying anything negative. I think supplements are great. It's that you need to make sure what you're taking isn't going to affect your medications. Because if you're taking something again for your heart or blood thinning and this medicine is going to cause the opposite effect or make it less effective, that is going to be a life um, situation. That is going to be something dangerous. Uh, for example, echinacea is something that uh, Americans, you know, we use it for our immune system. You see it a lot of times in, in teas. I think I have a, a tea. It's called gypsy tea. Um, but echinacea, echinacea Actually, has um, has drug the drug interactions with that are, are kind of minor. One of the main things it does is that it can uh, it can slow down the breakdown of caffeine within the body, and what that can do is just cause jitteriness, headaches, insomnia. Not something not something too pressing. Uh, one that's really important, especially for women, is St. John's Wort, and that actually you will see um, that ha- on a lot of labels uh, now because it's been a known. Um, a known interaction is that uh, St. John's wort is it's, uh, something that's used a lot, a natural way of that um, people have used it for fatigue, for depression, uh, insomnia, pain, but it has been known to have uh, interactions with uh, birth controls um, and also HIV and cancer drugs. And that's, yeah, and that's serious stuff, you know, when you have those yeah, kind so of interactions. Exactly. So things. So St. John's Wort. Again, if, if I think a lot of times people think I'm taking a healthier way. I don't want to take you know all these these heavier medications. Um, but it can be there can be numerous interactions and dangerous interactions. And again, as you said, if you ha- if you have any of these life threatening um, conditions, like for example, if you are someone who's seeking treatment for uh, HIV. You want to make sure you're getting the most potent um, uh, medicine, that your medicine is effective. So this could actually have, you know, an adverse effect and, and make you sick and also make it uh, that your medicine isn't working and, and thus it could be a dangerous, life-threatening uh, threatening thing. Something to melatonin. Melatonin, I've taken it before. Uh, it's a natural, and actually, well, melatonin is a natural hormone excuse me, that helps uh, regulate your sleep cycles. And they sell melatonin in these little tiny capsule forms, and it's something that sort of just kind of sends your body um, those things of it's, it's time to go to bed, almost like a, a treptophan. Um, and a lot of times when people use it for sleep, insomnia, uh, but it can, uh, it can uh, affect certain medications, certain uh, diabetes medications, uh, certain things. It can go against also if you're taking St. John's work, 
worth, and it can also increase the blood sugar um, in your body. So that's, again, if you're someone who has diabetes or is taking diabetic medication, this is going to work against your medication. So share this information with your doctor. Something too, garlic. I love garlic. I've never. No, I love it. it. Um, I have to eat it every day. I don't know if, yes, if I have other a lot of garlic. People love much, being around me, but onions, boy, it, it tastes so good. My husband's dismay um, because it has that wonderful thing of just coming right out of your skin, your pores. Um, and garlic is great for you. Garlic has been well known, documented to um, help with inflammation. To they even say you know can can uh, reduce your your chances for cancer and and all of the other. So many helpful benefits of garlic. Um, but when garlic is put into this compound, again, we're talking about supplements. When a high dose of thing is compressed into a small dosage. This is where the problem lies. So um, usually with these things is that they can affect um, blood-fitting agents. And again, aspirin, warfarin, um, use of garlic as uh, these uh, garlic supplements has also been uh, shown to uh, inhibit some of uh, the effectiveness of uh, HIV HIV drugs. And I know if people are thinking, oh, this might not affect me, but this is still, and, and cancerous drugs too, if uh, this is something that is still affecting millions of people, um, and it's important that I think we live in a site too that we've been so, uh, I feel like for the last 20 years there's been this big movement about, um, you know, prescribe this, take a pill for this. It, we Every other commercial is, you know, some kind of medicine. But there's also been this movement about getting back to nature and doing things the more natural way and, and homeopathic, which is great, but you have to make sure that you're monitoring and, and checking with both things to make sure that if you're taking something while taking something else, even if it's not for the condition, just as I said, taking aspirin, some people take an aspirin a day, um, you know, for to keep to keep the heart attack away or just for a headache, that it could actually cause a negative effect of it and it will not work and it will not help thin your blood, um, which could be something life-threatening if, uh, in the case of you were to have a blood clot. Uh, something, uh, something too that it may interfere with is the absorption of insulin drugs. Again, getting back to that diabetic situation, which is someone goes into diabetic shock, a lot of times, too, doctors, when you go to the emergency room or the hospital room, they want to know what medications, what have you taken, and a lot of times they don't think to ask about supplements because that just, it seems, it's not really something discussed or people think of, oh, I take a multivitamin, or, um, but more and more now today, people are taking individual. I'm actually someone, I... I have not met a multivitamin yet I can take, except for those gummy, chewy ones that are like basically little kid ones. You know, I can't either. They're just too big. I can't swallow them. And then if I do get them down, it makes me sick. They make me really... Do you get that same feeling? I I just can't take them. Yeah, I get that horrible feeling that I feel like I'm going to get sick. You know, my mouth fills with water and I feel really nauseous. And I... Nothing changed with age. I've tried it again, thinking maybe it was just when I was younger. I've tried taking it with food, and I just, for me, it just doesn't sit well. So I, I have a little pill case that each day I have no problem taking, and I will take the handful. I will take seven of these little pills all at once, Uh, but it's all different things. I'm taking, you know, a milk thistle and some other 
compound thing I can't pronounce. But but to the best of my knowledge of what I've been wearing is that uh, the things that I'm taking have no interaction with any other of my medications, at least what I've researched on that. But that was just something that I recently, and actually this kind of brought it up, made me think, oh, my gosh, I take these things every day. Am I maybe not getting the full effect of my medicines? And at least now it looks like I'm in the clear for what I'm taking. But this is something that everyone um, can look up. And actually, if you go... Well, this is where I thought um, it's a really... This is a very good topic because um, I don't think it's something that we really spend any time with. And I know when you go to the doctor... It's rare that somebody says, these are the vitamins or these are the supplements that I take. You know, they, they don't usually tell their doctor. They might tell them what other medications they're taking. So I think this is really important to know that uh, supplements can interact with your other medications and with just, you know, different, different things that you may have going on in your uh, physical body right now. Yeah, and, you know, really, if you're curious about this, though, um, you know, possibly is there something that you could be taking every day that could be harming you or making your, your medication less effective? Um, there's a website, it's pretty, the website's pretty simple, um, called drugs.com, and it's a... It <laughs> That's a great like, name, drugs.com. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it sounds like it's more devious than it is. It's, it's actually, um, it's all about medications. I think it's a federally regulated uh, website um, that, that kind of gives you fe- governmental links and, and, you know, what to do with an interaction, but... Um, it has. It talks about a lot of supplement interactions with it, and what to do. You know, if you're, uh, it's important to remember the best way to handle any possible drug interactions is to predict it and to prevent it. So, in order to do that, you need to be proactive about your health. Just as listening to our segment and every week about your your things, possible drug interactions. Check with your doctor. Tell your doctor. Tell your pharmacist um, about what medications. Maybe if you missed sharing that information with your doctor, when you pick up medications um, often at the pharmacy, and even if it's something that you take uh, quite frequently, they're always the most to offer you, um, and you just kind of sign off a lot of times saying no that you don't or that you do. Um, they will offer you, if you'd like to speak with the pharmacist about you know how to take your drug or how to take your medication, and, and this could be your opportunity. If you're thinking now, you know, I really don't know if, if possibly I didn't tell my doctor that I take echinacea, you know, is this going to affect this? Share that with the pharmacist because hopefully they should be able to know. They, they, their job is to know the interactions, to know anything. So that could be something, um, that could be your second, if you miss sharing that with your doctor, to share that with the pharmacist. And find out, um, you know, That's a really good idea. I always forget about that. You know, I forget that you can have that consultation with the pharmacist and that they should know. You're right. Yeah, and again, remember that um, herbal supplements are not FDA regulated, and FDA reg- there are that's kind of a, you know a skewed thing. It's it's really you know when a product's able to sell it, saying F- you know this FDA approval, uh, it makes it more sort of prestige, and it's said that it's gone through clinical t- you know trials, and they they can predict you know per- certain outcomes and and certain things positive and negative. Also, these trials and these testings are extremely expensive, 
And a lot of times it isn't that something isn't unsafe. It's that maybe this, you know, the all-nature company maybe doesn't have the, the billion-dollar funding uh, behind it to, to have um, this research. And that's also why a lot of times gen- uh, generics take a while and things have patents and pending. So remember that, too, um, to kind of FDA-regulated, but also the, the FDA, when things are regulated, there is a big safety thing. The FDA can recall things. They, they make it more aware to the public when there is an issue. So when something isn't FDA-regulated, there could be a known problem, but it isn't really released. That information isn't released. So look if there's any, uh, you know, I think the Internet can be a good tool of looking. There's, as in this website, drugs.com, uh, that you can really, you can t- it will show you your particular medications and any possible side effects or interactions um, with any supplements that you might be taking. Um, and again, if you're, if something feels maybe out, if maybe you feel that a medication you've been taking hasn't been working, um, that could be a possible thing. You know, talking with your doctor, if you're, maybe if you're not getting better or maybe if you're starting to have some side effects that don't seem to be mentioned and things or that your doctor didn't uh, predict that you might be experiencing, check back in. Maybe it's something with your supplements. So again, um, Share that information, and I and I think supplements are great, but be aware, too, that um, I mentioned really briefly before that sometimes things, for example, if you take two things that are for uh, almost as an anti-inflammatory, they can actually work against each other. Um, so sort of that, you know, mathematical in a reverse way, almost sometimes two positives, if they're working from different ways, can turn into a negative. So share your information with your doctor, you know, always, always before about, you know, starting any regimens. And, you know, if you're not at the doctor, even in a CVS and a Walgreens, even if you're just buying supplements, you know, in the aisle and getting checked out, they have a pharmacy there. Ask the quick question. That's what they're there for. So utilize these free tools that are around you everywhere you go. And this can prevent any, you know, future interactions, future sicknesses, and hopefully any future uh, hospital trips as well. That's really very, very helpful information, Heather. And I really like that you brought up the pharmacist because it's, I mean, I don't very, I rarely get a prescription, but when I do, I forget, you know, they, they say, oh, do you want to talk to the pharmacist? And I think, ah, nah, I don't need to. But, you know, that's probably a good idea because there are so many different supplements. You know, one of the uh, things, a show that we're going to do upcoming is going to be about fish oil and that's a supplement that a lot of people are taking these days. So you'll have to wait for that to hear all that we're going to talk about because it just might be the new snake whale. Who knows? Anyway, you are listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Whitney. And we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information, make sure to visit starstyleradio.com. And then also visit our website for the charity, which is Be the Star You Are. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about distracted driving. So don't go away. There's lots more to come. And we'll be back with you. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. 
Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. I love our power parties. And yes, this is show business. It's not hobby business. It's show business. And so we hope that you are all having a great week out there. Can't believe that it's already the end of April. How quickly the time flies by. So we're going to be talking here about distracted driving because People have this idea that distracted driving is just about the cell phone. And that is true. Cell phones are definitely keeping us distracted. But that's not the only thing. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. So what are some of the most common distractions while you're driving? Distracted driving has really become a matter of concern. I mean, ever since the first cars, you know, rolled off the assembly line in the early 1900s when windshield wipers were first introduced on American cars, some people worried that they would um, actually act like a metronome and they would lull drivers into a daze and lull them to sleep. And I can totally see how that could happen. If you ever follow a windshield wiper, you could, if you focused on it, you could just like, you know, fall asleep. Uh, in the 1930s, state legislators unsuccessfully attempted to restrict the installation of car radios on the grounds that they would distract drivers and lead to crashes. So, you know, radios were thought that they would uh, distract people. And they actually can because if you are listening too intently, to a radio uh, broadcast, and I mean, of course, we hope you're listening to us, but if you're listening too intently and you're trying to drive, you might not be either paying attention to all the road signs or you might not be hearing any of the um, traffic signs that are out there, whether it be horns honking or somebody yelling or a fire engine or a police car, etc. But today with text messages, social media notifications, and, of course, our talking GPS apps and our phones that talk to us, it's really no surprise that mobile devices have become synonymous with distracted driving. I remember one time 
I mean, I used to think that driving and putting on makeup was like, you know, the big distraction. But I remember one time driving with a girlfriend uh, when I was working in Los Angeles on film, and she had a cup of coffee in one hand. She was trying to put her mascara on with her other hand and kind of driving with her elbow. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, the radio was blasting and the, the mobile phone was sitting next to her. And you think about if you're trying to do all of these things, uh, this is, can be a problem. So obviously, eating and drinking is also part of a distracted driving. So cell phones are only one of the many contributors to the whole fact of accidents and people not being so focused on the road. In fact, there was a study by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and by Virginia Tech Transportation Institute that found talking on a cell phone is only the second most time-consuming distraction for drivers. The study examined how using a cell phone while driving affected near crash and crash risk, as well as what other distracting behaviors drivers engaged in. And these researchers found that although drivers spend around 7% of their time behind the wheel talking on a cell phone, the most time-consuming distraction for drivers was actually interacting with another passenger. And that takes up 12% of drivers' time behind the wheel. And if you think about that, I mean, think about when you're ever in a car with somebody. You're either having a conversation or sometimes you might be in an argument with someone and that's hard. Or if you're a parent and you have a carload of kids, I mean, I, I just so remember kids in the back seat you know, jumping up and down and spilling things and fighting and all this and trying to drive and turn around and, you know, say, stop that, you know, um, that is, it's, that can be really, really um, troubling. So here are the nine most common distractions for drivers as reported by the Institute for Highway Safety. Number one is interacting with other passengers. Number two is talking on a cell phone. Number three is holding any object other than a cell phone. Number four, talking, singing, dancing when driving alone. Now, I found that one to be really interesting because I know for me, I love to sing uh, when I'm by myself. Because nobody can hear me and it doesn't matter if I'm on tune or not. But I never really thought about it as being a distraction. So then the next thing, uh, the fifth one is actually holding a cell phone. Now, number three was holding an object other than a cell phone. So holding another object could be, um, you know, that could be holding your cup of coffee. It could be holding that tube of mascara or the lipstick or, you know, a piece of paper, etc. The sixth one was smoking, and I wish nobody smoked. Seventh is adjusting your radio or climate control. And, you know, I would have thought that one would have been higher on the list because uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to adjust the radio or I'm watching my husband try, he's not focusing. You know, I just literally leave it on one station, but I know he'll get in the car and he'll just he, he goes from station to station. It's just like he has the clicker for the TV in his hand. And you're not focusing on the road. 
So number eight is eating, and that's something that the majority of drivers do. You know, they stop by a fast food place, they pick up something to eat, but that is distracting. And then the number ninth is other cell phone interactions, and that could be um, the texting, that could be, you know, looking at um, your maps or getting contacts, you know, going to your contacts, or even like using an app like Waze to figure out where you're going. Um, I really love that app. I think it's fantastic because it tells you in real time what's going on and you can get do directions. But it's distracting if you have to look it up. So I don't know how we're going to, to uh, get around that. Maybe it does have to just talk to you or maybe you have to plug it in and it just does the driving for you like Heather and I were talking about with these self-drive cars. I don't know. So here's what you could do to prevent distracted driving. Some of these distractions are really difficult to avoid, though, so remember that. Because after all, it's not like someone is going to go on a four-hour road trip and not talk to their passengers because it could be a distraction. I mean, I mean, we had 12 hours driving to Tahoe a, you know, a couple of years ago, and that was crazy. But, you know, you're going to talk. So instead, in situations such as this, just remember it's helpful to find some ways to mitigate the impact of the distractions. So let's talk about eating. One of the safest and most affordable ways to keep yourself from being a distracted driver is to manage, of course, all the non-driving tasks before you get on the road. So that would mean eating, drinking, programming your GPS, or helping other passengers, or you know, talking to your kids, whatever it is. You can make your drive much safer if you perform these activities while parked. I know for me, what I do is I do program uh, my phone for GPS before I leave, and that always helps. Um, and if you do, if you're going to eat something, you know, it's better if you don't if you don't eat. It's, it's not just don't drink and drive, and that goes for anything. It's like you shouldn't have do any of those things. So let passengers help. Now, passengers can be very distracting. So that's one of the reasons why most states have passed graduated driver license laws that restrict teens from having passengers in the car during their first year of driving. I know kids get really upset about that. Why can't I take anybody with us? But it's because they don't have enough experience at 16 when they get their license in most states to be talking to other passengers or have other passengers you know, uh, eating, screaming, singing, dancing, doing all that, and not partake. So, however, letting your passengers help with tasks that could distract you uh, could be helpful. For example, if your cell phone rings, let somebody else answer it or tell somebody else to adjust the radio. That way you can remain focused on the road. And especially when you're driving in scary conditions, if it's raining hard, um, if it's snowing, if, if it's icy outside, if it's dark, you want as the little amount of distractions as possible. Avoiding conflict. When driving, it's helpful to avoid any emotionally charged conversations with your passenger because you have to keep your attention on the road. So if you are the driver or you're the passenger, it's not the time to bring up a really touchy subject that is going to cause a conflict and an argument. Wait to be sitting across the table with a cup of coffee or tea in your hand and then bring up those kind of topics. 
Using steering wheel controls. Now, adjusting the AC or the radio also poses a huge risk because it involves taking both eyes off the road and a hand off the wheel. So many auto manufacturers now have radio, climate, and other controls on the steering wheels as a less distracting option. However, in my case, what I have found is that I find that to be distracting because I never use those controls. And once in a while, I'm making a turn and I'll hit, I'll accidentally hit one of the controls that changes the radio station or it turns the heat on or whatever. And then I have to figure out what I've done and then I have to go back to the radio. So I, that hasn't been very helpful to me. I don't know how it is for you. Uh, Another one is to pull over to attend to your kids. If you have kids in the car, be sure to pull over to a safe spot before reaching behind and helping them, tending to their needs, getting angry with them, whatever. Don't turn to reach in the back seat while driving and don't even turn at a stoplight. And I am guilty of doing both of those things. If you have to talk, pull over. If you have to take or make an important call, it's best to pull to the side of the road first. Even if your state doesn't prohibit cell phone use while driving, note that even hands-free technology, whether through a headset or a Bluetooth system, can still impair your ability to recognize and respond to something or to someone on the road, even if you're looking at it, because your attention is directed elsewhere. So the safest option for you, for your passengers, for the pedestrians, and those in other vehicles is to only use your phone when you're not on the road. Uh, I know a lot of people, the first thing they do is they get in their car and they start calling everybody. You know, really look at that, uh, at that habit, see if you can break it. Now, is distraction just a young driver's problem? That's a question that a lot of people are asking. They'll say, oh, experienced drivers believe that they can manage distractions while driving better than novice drivers. But driver distraction is present among drivers of all ages. And that explains why drivers over the age of 21 are only slightly less likely to use mobile devices while compared to drivers under the age of 21. A report by AAA, the Foundation for uh, Traffic Safety, found that 72% of adults between 40 and 59 say that they use their phone while driving, and the same percentage of adults between 19 and 24 reported the same thing. So 72%. So you can't let the number of years you have behind the wheel lead you to believe that you're immune to distraction while driving. Experience really is no substitute for creating safe driving habits. Now, how can you move uh, forward as a better driver? Well, technology that helps contribute to a safer driving experience is always improving. Auto manufacturers are making crash avoidance technologies such as blind spot warning and collision avoidance systems. They're becoming increasingly common in new vehicles. And some of them have backup cameras. Uh, In fact, by uh, May of 2018, all new lightweight vehicles are going to be required to have backup cameras. I wonder if I'll ever get a new car. I'm driving a 20-year-old car right now. It, it runs, so, I mean, I don't have any of these fancy things. I just have to be a, a very astute driver. Additionally, traffic engineers are employing roundabouts, uh, red light cameras, and road condition warnings to make driving safer. But regardless of emerging technology, policies, or processes, there is no replacement for focused, alert driving. And to uh, effectively tackle that problem of distracted driving, 
we need a broader approach that's going to take into account the many and varied sources of driver distractions. So we have to really look at our behaviors and we have to learn how to divert um, these behaviors that are leading to risky driving. Some of the biggest dangers we face on the road come from inside the cabin of our own vehicle, so we have to just remember that. And just as all roads will have hazards, all commutes will have their share of distractions. And although these can't always be avoided, at least by knowing what is a distraction, we can take the negative effects and perhaps reduce them through some careful consideration and better planning. So, Yes, stay off your cell phone. Don't drink and eat and drive, no matter what it is. Avoid conflict. Let passengers help you. Don't reach and talk to, uh, to you know, for your kids and don't um, check them out. And uh, make sure that you are just not adjusting radio and climate control. And Pay attention to the road. It's like keep your eyes on the road ahead and your hands on the wheel. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about a subject that is dear to my heart, and that is how chickens are raised for the eggs that you eat today. I think you will be shocked to know what these quote-unquote cage-free chickens, how they're kept. It's rather inhumane. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. More companies are realizing that if their employees enjoy enough time with family and loved ones, their long-term productivity at work increases. Employers can take steps to make the workplace a more supportive and flexible environment. Make it acceptable for people to talk about their families. With so many single parents and a majority of women in the workforce, everyone from the CEO to the janitor is juggling to have a life of balance. Open communication about family commitments and work duties is imperative if we're going to transform and transfuse our culture with family-friendly companies. Your children and your company will be the real winners. Implement balance in your personal life for a better bottom line. Turn your passions into profits. This is Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite for Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's 925 925- Three seven seven star. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over two hundred twenty-five billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. 
Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, I am very glad that you still are with us here for this exciting show. And I really uh, was interested in bringing you this segment that is going to be talking about uh, cage-free chickens. And this it's really gotten a lot of press lately about range-free, cage-free, organic, all of this. And everybody is, you know, really does want to be healthy and they want to do the right thing. Thing. And I, I think more and more as you see commercials and you see the way that animals are treated, you want humane ways of uh, raising animals so that you can, you know, enjoy your food, but you want it to be done properly, right? You want animals to have a good life. Well, interesting enough, it's not always um, that way for the animals involved. So, I wanted to talk to you about exactly what cage-free means because there was an article in the San Francisco Chronicle this past week and it just kind of, it tweaked my idea of what we needed to do. So last fall, McDonald's pledged to slowly switch to all cage-free eggs and dozens of other big companies followed and that included Taco Bell and Costco and Nestle, not only for its American products like the Toll House cookie dough, but for other products too. And then uh, the country's largest retailer, Walmart, said it's going to transition to cage-free eggs by 2025. Well, when you hear the, the, the term cage-free, what that means to me is that they're cage-free, is that they're running around on grass, you know, or, you know, in a field and they're digging for worms and scratching and flapping their wings and taking dust baths and, you know, just living the way birds are supposed to, uh, to live. But the reality is that's not so true at all. Now, battery cages are what most chickens, like when you go and you buy um, eggs, what most chickens, egg-laying chickens, are living in. And uh, compared to other animal welfare standards for egg-producing chickens, an enclosure typically houses several, uh, several hundred birds at once. And what they're living on is they're in a cage that is the size of an eight and a half by eleven inch piece of paper. So think about that. That they can't turn around, they can't do anything. They can just stand there their whole lives or sit and lay their eggs. An eight and a half, eleven piece of paper. That's called a battery cage. Now a cage free bird, the average space given to a bird um, that is called cage free is only one square foot. So 12 inches by 12 inches. So the battery cages are eight and a half by 11 inches. A cage free bird is only 12 inches. 
by 12 inches. I don't know. For me, that just isn't that many. That's not that much. And they still really can't move. Now, animal welfare activists say that the announcements are a huge step in the right direction because it means that these large companies are no longer going to serve or sell eggs from chickens that are kept in these 11 and a half by 11 inch cages. But um, that's still too small, if from my opinion. Now, McDonald's buys 2 billion eggs for the U.S. Just that's yearly, 2 billion. So when the company fully implements a switch to cage-free by 2025, it's going to improve the lives of an estimated 8 million animals. Now, Walmart doesn't disclose how many eggs it sells, but it's estimated to be in the billions as well. Here in California, cage-free eggs were the issue in Proposition 2, a law that passed in 2008 with 63% of the vote. And that meant that starting in 2015, all eggs sold in California by law must come from chickens raised in a cage-free environment. But that term cage-free doesn't mean the chickens are not in tight spaces. So let's look at what it does mean compared to other animal welfare standards, and that includes those that are under uh, property too. So the battery cages, as I was saying, are really uh, cramped enclosures that are used by 90% of egg producers in the United States, and it increases the production and it uh, prevents the spread of disease. They also prevent chickens from any natural behavior, such as flapping their wings or roosting, you know. Uh, just to give you an example, I raise chickens. Every day I, I let them out of their barnyard, and they have a big barnyard. It's about a, an acre. But I open the gates, and they get to roam around all the rest of the hills and all of this stuff, uh, another three acres or so. And it's so fun to watch them because they're scratching, they're digging, they're pecking, they are flapping their wings, they're getting into the dust and they're cleaning themselves and they're just doing what chickens do. But these cages, which usually hold several birds, give as little as 67 square inches per bird according to the industry standard. And that means that hens spend their lives squeezed next to other birds in a a space that's smaller than an iPad. So just think about an iPad or a piece of paper, 8.5 by 11. So chickens raised for their meat uh, aren't typically kept in battery cages to prevent injury from other chickens because chickens get cannibalism and they'll actually peck each other until death. And that could decrease their value, obviously. So... um, it's when you think about living your whole life on an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, you can see why cages are considered so inhumane. So, what does cage free actually mean? The short answer is that the term cage free means the birds were not raised in battery cages. Now, that I just I I don't understand how they can get away with that kind of terminology because. The common person, a cage is a cage is a cage, and nobody would even know what a battery cage is unless, you know, you were to look it up. So this makes no sense to me how that terminology can be used. But it makes for good marketing, doesn't it? Um, it, it does not mean that they are kept in open enclosures. It doesn't ensure that the chickens have any access to the outdoors. And cage-free birds just have a couple inches more of space. That's it. So, again, the cage-free bird, they have to get uh, at least 12 by 12 inches. So that is, um, you know, that's one square foot. 
Um, and that includes living in large tiered barns. And it doesn't sound like much more than a battery cage, but in that couple of inches, the birds can just take a step and they can lay their eggs in a nest and they can open their wings a little bit more. And that's what at least the Humane Society says that. Yet uh, cage-free is far from luxurious living conduct, uh, conditions for any, any chicken. It's a substantial improvement, but it doesn't give them a life of leisure or anything that would be considered happy like, you know, like my birds. So what are the rules under California's Prop 2? Under Prop 2, a chicken must be able to flap its wings and stretch its limbs without hitting the cage or another bird. Now, that law doesn't specify a certain amount of space, but it's estimated to be about 216 square inches per bird. So what are the rules for organic eggs? The U.S. Department of Agriculture recently proposed welfare rules surrounding certified organic meat and poultry. And the standards for indoor space are the same as for cage-free, but each animal must also be allowed two square feet per bird outdoors. Now, that is so much better if they can be outdoors. In other words, the outdoor space can't just be an enclosed porch with a concrete floor, which is what most large-scale organic operations have. So under these new guidelines, which are going through the approval process, it would have to be half soil and not under a fixed roof. And again, why is it under, um, why is it under that kind of um, soil? It's so that the birds can scratch, so that the birds can do what birds normally do. And that is really an important thing for birds. And that's not what they get to do. And what about pasture-raised? Well, this label actually doesn't have a legal definition or a government certification process that requires that chickens actually get to wander around in happy green pastures. The best way to find out about the pasture-raised process is to talk to the farmer, if you can, or to look for certain independent third-party certifications. Now, um, does free range mean anything? It doesn't mean a thing when it comes to eggs because the USDA only defines free range for meat chickens, which means that they have to get a bare minimum of outdoor access, which could be just a couple of inches. So it's very interesting the way that this are, um, they are done. So the next time you go to buy your eggs, you're going to want to check until uh, we check the cartons and see what's going on. And the best thing is to buy from an independent person like myself who raises chickens and they are organic and they actually get to run around in the dirt. So thanks for being great listeners, allowing us into your life. Make sure that you're tuned every week to Star Style Be the Star You Are on Wednesdays, 4 to 5, right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. For all of the best information and the current things, we want to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. Remember, until uh, we meet again next week, that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. For Star Style, I thank you and encourage you to always be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And we'll talk next week. Four to five, right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining. Be me. the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. Keep dancing. Keep dancing.
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.